I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbian shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast where there are two wolves inside of you. One of them is gay. The <laughs> other is gay. You're very, very gay. <laughs> double, from gay the West Coast. double gay wolves. Double gay wolves. <laughs> double gay wolves all the way. <laughs> from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. We want to remind you all yet again that we are in our Season 5 Patreon campaign. We have two new patrons, M. Riley and Aurelia. Thank you so much for joining our Patreon. If you want to join them there to help us reach our goals this season, you can do that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We also have some fun events still coming up, starting with our Orphan Black Trivia. We are going to be hosting this with Realm to celebrate the Orphan Black podcast that they have coming out. And it is going to be on November 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And you don't want to miss it. We also are going to be doing a live event with Bad Queers, one of our favorite podcasts. We will be dissecting my favorite musical, Rent, Chris has not seen it, so we're going to hear from a new Rent viewer and seasoned Rent viewer myself. And then I think, what did you say, Lee? Ambivalent Rent <laughs> rent watcher? A I have seen Rent viewer. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Holmes Foster. Yes. Correct. I'm really excited, though. We're going to talk about it on November 10th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, 
live on Zoom. You can get your tickets for all of the events above on our Eventbrite. In the greater Les universe, there are a lot of things happening lately that I want to talk about. First of all, if any of you know how we can watch the new season of The Bachelorette Australia, please tell us because so far all I have are the TikToks and miscellaneous videos that I've been able to scrounge up online. But we have a bisexual bachelorette coming at us from Australia and it is hot already. Let me tell you what. Not only do you have Brooke, so her name is Brooke Blurton and she A is just super into all these girls on the season. So they have a split. They they have like women and men that are, you know, competing for the the roses on the bachelorette. But here's the most exciting thing. One of the contestants on this season is a woman who was on the same season of the bachelor with Brooke and is now on this season because she came on and she's like, oh my god, I definitely had feelings for her during our season of The Bachelor, but I knew that she had feelings for The Bachelor as well, and I didn't want to, like, you know, get in the middle of anything. But now she is here competing for Brooke's heart, and they kissed in the first episode! Am I screaming loud enough, everyone? And I, I can't. Uh, Lee sent me these videos, and I also went down a rabbit hole of this because holy shit, it's everything we could ever want. I'm it's so insane. excited for it. It's insane. Someone tell us how we can watch more of it. That's all we're saying. We need it. I'm going to move to Australia to watch this. <laughs> I literally am like, bye. Speaking of Australia. Yes. Josh Cavallo, who is a football player, has recently come out. We're always very happy to hear that when someone new comes out, especially someone in the public eye and in such a, you know, heteronormative space. So we're happy for you, Josh. Welcome. I think and I think I saw that he is the first professional footballer to come out like while he's playing, which is huge. It's huge. Huge. We love it. Do you want to talk about Jojo Siwa again, Lee? Oh my God, is everyone ready for our weekly JoJo Siwa update courtesy of me? Listen, I wish I could have like a, you know, deep gay emotional thing like I have for JoJo dressed like Prince Charming or, you know, uh, JoJo and Jenna dressed like Frenchie and Sandy. I I wish I could have that. This one, I can't because JoJo Siwa was in like the scariest Pennywise costume and it was vaguely terrifying but i do just want to say props to jojo and jenna who got a perfect score again for the second week in a row with a really incredible dance even if you were a terrifying clown we still love you jojo just you know hit us up when you're ready to come on the show that's all surprise surprise take take the entire (laughs) season jojo that's what's happening this week back to you ellie and lee thanks ellie and lee we are so excited to bring you Episode five of season five. Five by five. Werewolves. Five by five. Oh my God. Wow. That's even better than we could have hoped for. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to episode five. It is Queer Wolves. We are joined by a special guest today. We are very excited to introduce you to Cheyenne Lynn. Hello, everybody. Hi, Cheyenne. (laughs) We're so happy to have you here. For those of you in our audience, Cheyenne Lynn is a huge fan of queer supernatural content and creator of Howl, the podcast. Thank you so much, Cheyenne. It's so great to see you again. Yeah, no, it's been um, it's been a minute since I've seen anybody, but like especially you guys. Yes. 
<laughs> Any people, anyone in the world. Yeah. So yes, we met Cheyenne many moons ago, and I use the word moons on purpose. Um, but um, <laughs> but nice. um, at Lexicon, Cheyenne is a creator just like us. So Cheyenne, why don't you tell us a bit more about you and how you started writing? You are a an incredible writer, so tell us about it. Yeah. Um. So I got into writing a long time ago, like by drawing little cartoons in, like on the borders of my um tests and everything especially my homework much to my like teacher's chagrin um <laughs> I was that kid who would always like get done with the test flip over to the back page and like just start drawing comics about how much I hated the test or something like that but then I got into like short form prose writing and I was also one of those kids who would like pass around a notebook because this was before like all those fanfic sites and everything or like tumblr so it's just you Take a notebook and you pass it around with all your friends and each one of them contributes. The olden days. Yes. So you were writing notebook fanfic? Yes. Yeah. We were writing <laughs> notebook fanfic. It's not really fanfic, but because it was like our own OCs, but it was still just terrible. Um, you got to start somewhere. With the encouragement of my mother, who got a hold of one of these notebooks, and she's like, Cheyenne, this is really good. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. What can I ask you what your mother read? Like, what was the story that she was like, this is uh, the, the one that really kicked off everything. This is before I got into D&D, but it was these fighters. What, they were two sisters. They traveled back in time and they had this guy companion with them. They fought monsters. They were just a raiding party of three people who fought monsters and then came to the future, a.k.a. our modern times, and was trying to find a way back. That was the Amazing. original story. And I'm like, publish it. We want it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I went back and found it a few years later, uh, a few years ago, actually, before I made my big move to Canada. And um, I was like, geez, this is terrible. Oh, my gosh. Uh, they all had bird names for some reason. I was like, hey, why? But yeah, then I got into um, trying to write. Well, my friend and I got together and I was like, you know what? We should write it. What would you do if your girlfriend was a werewolf? And I was like, well, let me think about it. It was 3 a.m. Uh, we were sitting on the hood of my car in her driveway. And all we had for paper was like a Chinese takeout menu. And I was like, yeah, let me just scratch this out real quick. And <laughs> that eventually became like howl. And <laughs> I was like, all right, this is the one that stuck. I love that so much. So it was, was it a full moon when you were writing? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Chinese oh takeout. Actually, yes. Yes. All like <laughs> conveniently, all of my major milestones in like my writing career or just any kind of like major leap forward have been on either a full moon or a new moon. And I was like, what is this? Wow. So are you a werewolf or like you're not allowed to tell us? I mean, a, a literary werewolf. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We'll go with literary. I mean, yes. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, All your best side comes out. Yeah. Full and new moon. <laughs> That's when I get most of my work done. Um, I'm noticing it's like those three days. I was like, oh, it's fine. And how how does Hal progress from the Chinese food menu on the full moon on the hood of your car to 
now because at when when people hear this episode hell is out podcast is there you can check out the first few episodes so how does it go from what's the journey from a to b there yeah no that it's kind of crazy because it was started off to be like a trilogy of films right because like everybody when they start out they want to make movies right and writing movies i found out is ridiculously hard like, I got 90 pages in, and I'm like, am I not done yet? It can't. <laughs> <laughs> Please? And so I tapped out. But then I found uh, Carmilla online, and I was like, oh, these are only five-minute episodes. I can do that. Turns out I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out I can't. Five-minute episodes, like, kudos to those guys, because that's, like, hard, too. I was like, I'm supposed to fit an entire story in five minutes? No. You went from one extreme to the other. That's my life. (laughs) But uh, then it like, I was like, okay, but if I can't do five minutes, then how about 10 minutes? Or like, yeah, I can make it 10, 15 minutes tops. And it was a web series for the longest time. Like I moved to Toronto to go to film school to produce this web series because that's it. This is going to be my mark on the world. It was going to be the next Carmilla just for useless lesbian werewolves. And <laughs> so, yes, we're in, honestly. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, it's just I couldn't find a production company to be like that. So and I'm not Canadian yet working on it, but not yet. And so like I couldn't find the funds for it. So I was like, all right, well, and then quarantine happened or like the pandemic happened. And I'm like, oh, cool. So no one's shooting anything anymore. Got it. Yeah. So, like, what am I going to do with all these stories? And my writing partner, Shannon Farrell, who has been with me for three years now, like, I pitched this idea to them in a bar while they were on a date, I think. I, like, I was, (laughs) it was, like, my third or fourth weekend in Toronto, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm out and made some friends through, like, a fandom event, and I was like, oh, hey, I recognize you, and... Like, they heard us talking about Winona Earp or something, and I was like, yeah, Winona Earp, yeah, I'm an Earper too. And I was like, cool, so I'm working on this thing. They were kind of drunk. While they're while they're in the middle of a date. Yes, and they were drunk. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. So you're saying you're a great, great creator, terrible wing person. We've got it. We're, we're keeping notes over here. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm very passionate about things, so my timing is always a little off. <laughs> But it worked out. Like the heck. passion is there. You just <laughs> yeah. can't yeah, yeah. can't control when it comes out. You yeah. Know? No, we got to talking about Winona Earp, and then it kind of spiraled into like, what if they did werewolves? And I'm like, I write werewolves, and they were like, Oh, okay. And they've been with me as I've changed my mind about plot points and all this other stuff <laughs> for three years. So shout out to Shannon, and uh, yeah. Uh, I was like, hey, if we can't do anything, well, if we can't shoot a web series, why not turn it into a podcast? And they're like, okay. So we had to figure out how to do that. And uh, yeah, having no idea how to do a podcast at all. So I just started listening to a bunch of podcasts because like I before I didn't listen to a lot. Like I listened to Les Hangout because you guys are hilarious. Uh, Stop. (laughs) No. No, you like... The whole should have been. That was convincing, Ellie. I yeah. bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please, no. I'm, I'm audience. I'm I'm literally using a fake fishing rod. <laughs> <laughs> fishing for compliments. 
Um, no, between your should have been gay series and your like less sensual series, like and all of the guests that you have on, I, you guys are amazing. That type of podcast wouldn't fit my idea. So like I had to find script. Yeah, we're not a fiction episodic you know, exactly. stories. That's fine. Yeah. No. And then surprise, surprise, we did make a fiction episodic series. <laughs> Yeah. Can't stop. Won't stop. Can't know? stop. We're all no. we're all for the make your story into a podcast. It worked out great. Yeah. Yeah. Also just the like make your story however you can make your story. Right. Like yes. you're saying, like, you've done this for three years. Like this is like your story, like you know you want to tell it. And you're just like, all right, you gotta know here, you gotta know here. And you're like, okay, well, where can I make a yes? And I just think that's amazing. Like yeah. I'm very impressed by you just like doing it. Like Thank you. <laughs> doing what you wanted to do. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> I got really, really lucky with um, the the team that I eventually found, like like minded people. I mean, because I can scream lesbian werewolves to the heavens and I'll be I'll get a bunch of people who like their ears perk up and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. What would you say? But then like Especially if you do it at Clexicon, you'll get like, oh, no, whole crowds of people. <laughs> I have. I was like working on a lesbian werewolf web series. Keep an eye out. And then it went nowhere. So I was like, oh, well, at least a bunch of people have the idea of a lesbian werewolf something in their head. But yeah, no, uh, between my writing partner and our sound, our sound person, um, Spade Smith, who's just the biggest fan of this series. They're like, oh, my God, what happens next? And I was like, they're, they're editing an episode. It's like, I know what happens, but still, I'm like really amped up. I'm like, I love this energy. Please just never yeah. leave. <laughs> <laughs> they are fantastic that's awesome yeah you want people who are as enthused as you so can we get a quick I know we've like talked a bunch about lesbian werewolves lesbian werewolves but give me just like a quick synopsis like what is how will about give like the quick synopsis the very quick synopsis is the story of Kenny Monroe who is just a literature major at this weird university who's looking for her roommate. Her roommate goes missing and she kind of falls down a lesbian werewolf rabbit hole and ends up being the savior of the world between this like epic battle between um, hunters and werewolves. She's the key. Nice. Incredible. We're here for it. So <laughs> it sounds like similar to other things we've heard before, yeah. right? But like, because, which is why we're here to talk about this, like, I feel like queer people love supernatural shit. Like, give us all the, like you were saying, like, the Winona Earps of the world. Like, give us the Carmillas. Give us the Buffies. Like, we we love it. Like, we love vampires. We love werewolves. And yet, there really aren't lesbian werewolves anywhere else, right? If they are, they're very indie. But there's, like, no mainstream, like, property or that is... Just like, yep, we're lesbian werewolves. Lesbian vampires all over the place. Yeah. Like, there's a new vampires one. Vampires everywhere. Yeah, vampires everywhere. There's a new one, I think, with on, on Netflix coming out, like Night Tooth or something with Megan Fox and Sydney Sweeney. And I was like, okay. <laughs> we are here for the queer vampires. Yes. yes I, I have but... no problems with vampires. It's just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a vampire person. <laughs> You're a werewolf person. That's okay. Yeah. So why why do you think that we as a community are so drawn to these, like, supernatural queer depictions? Between, like, with vampires and werewolves, not werewolves, witches, especially, like, going back to Buffy, they're already queer-coded, 
Like, going to the original Carmilla, she was queer-coded, and then they just modernized it with the web series. They're, they're already pretty queer-coded because of the otherness. And, like, people are drawn to that. It's like, yeah, I don't fit in with regular society. I must be a monster. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, that, but, uh, that cool is such monster. a perfect, succinct, like, explanation <laughs> that I have never heard before, and I love it so much. <laughs> with those original properties, like, the really, really old Carmilla story, it's people lamenting the fact that they're monsters. In the modern age, it's still sticking with this Carmilla example because I can't think of another one right now. Um, they celebrate otherness. It's not just, oh, hey, I'm a weirdo. I guess I should just, I'm a monster. People hate me. Roar. No, it's like, I'm a monster. Hear me roar. Like, I'm absolutely down for this superpower that I have. Stop being jealous and just love me. Um, Is why I'm drawn to them and why I think other people are like, yeah, what if I could live for 300 years? Why not? I'm a vampire. Why not? There's also, there's something in that, you know how we talk all the time about how, like, villains, like, especially, like, Disney villains, they're, like, queer-coded. I feel like there are so many ways in which, like, these creatures of the night, like, they also get queer-coded, and, like, they get queer-coded in very distinct ways, I feel like, you know? Because I think, to me, like, vampires, like, okay, you get your super lesbian vampires, and I feel like part of that is because... Even going back, like, there's, when you make a female character, person, whatever, a vampire, there's still this tendency to, like, want the victims to be women as well, you know? It's like, no one wants to watch a dude get taken down by a female vampire, so it's always women, and then you're like, that's kind of hot. I don't know. (laughs) They're just, like, these free sensual like out of the the realm of like proper society like yeah okay with a oh on a woman's neck oh okay okay (laughs) i guess if you have to you know but then i feel like when you look at werewolves it's very different to me because i think what ends up happening for why i always feel like werewolves are queer coded is you get like wolves just as things, even though, like, obviously female wolves exist, but, like, wolves are always kind of presented as this, like, strong, masculine, they're hunters, they're lone wolves, they're, like, dudes have them on that t-shirt with the moon in the background, and, like, it's such a ma- this is a man's animal, it's a wolf, bah, and that's, like, you get that energy, and then if you're gonna make, like, a, a girl into a werewolf, That's kind of what you're doing is you're being like, and then you like imbue her with like all of this powerful masculine energy. And I'm like, yeah, ha, okay, sure. Butch, butch (laughs) queer person. Sign me up as a werewolf. Just a butch wolf out there on her own. Yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) They're just queer coding them. It's not my fault. Like I blame society, (laughs) you know, listen. (laughs) Well, like watching Teen Wolf and stuff where they have like, what, like two werewolf like most of them are just werewolf dudes and i'm like you watch that show i'm like that's really gay i mean that's it's a really gay show so <laughs> werewolves tend to be queer coded for men to be like yeah we're tough and manly and love on each other and we can do it because roar yeah like we can wrestle each other but like as yeah. our wolf selves like, yeah you know. absolutely yeah. and then like 
I, I find that lesbians get vampires and stuff because, I mean, like, as you said, it, it's hot watching girls just, like, gnaw on each other's necks, I guess. We apologize for none of this. Listen. Well, I wonder, too. Listen. I'm like, I know we're all talking about how hot it is, but. <laughs> <laughs> just killing people. It's really hot, Ellie. Stop. Get into it. As I'm thinking about this, though, I wonder if lesbians have historically gotten vampires because there is also the stereotype of the predatory lesbian. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like the lesbian who preys on other women. On straight maidens. Yeah, right? Like I wonder if it like almost started as a negative connotation, right? I'm like, because the original Carmilla, I do feel like was a negative connotation of like, this woman is like attacking other women and she's like, yeah, forcing them like hypnotizing and then lesbians were like hot give us more yeah hypnotizing (laughs) them into falling in love with her like or like witches like historic gays just taking notes yeah i'm I'm like if we want to talk about fear street we literally just had an episode on fear street so i won't talk too much about it but (sighs) but like literally like the only way that a woman could love another woman was like if she was under some sort of sort of spell yeah right and then and we listen, take it in the modern and we're like, well, yeah. They want a witch, I'll give them a witch. Yeah. Like every good lesbian, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Here for it. I'm, exactly. <laughs> I loved Fear Street. But yeah, no, getting getting back to it, witches suffer the same fate. It's like... The predatory witch. Fate. Yeah, the predatory witch where you have to like, obviously she got her power from a man. Yeah, I'm quoting Motherland Fort Salem because they, they had this thing. That's a, just a bunch of lesbian witches too. it always is it always is it's so good but yeah so like they had to get their power from the devil after being with the devil then they like seduced like pastors daughters and stuff like that and like seduced other women to the dark side and that's how they got their power and i'm like that's just nah how about they had their power initially like that's what i like from what i've seen of werewolf movies with female werewolves it's like you got the ones that are like like for a second, they're like, "Oh, why me? Why am I? Why am I a werewolf?" And then, like by the third act of the film, like in Ginger Snaps or Cursed or anything like that, they're always like, "Yeah, I've got this power now. You best watch out." Um, yeah, like werewolves never apologize for having it. Like they may apologize for, "Yeah, I accidentally ate my sister. I'm so sorry," but like, <laughs> I'm not gonna apologize for being this freaking badass. Yes. Yes. Well, I wonder, too, like, there is, like, a, I feel like they give, like we've talked about, they give, like, men werewolf powers all the time, right? Yeah. But to have, like, someone who, like, stereotypically doesn't have power, and that's sort of, like, I think another reason why it's, like, queer people are drawn to these supernatural things. Like, yes, the otherness, but also, like, the lack of power. Yeah. Right? Feeling powerless. And you give them something that makes them more powerful than anyone around them. Yeah. That's very appealing to a queer audience. And also just like to, yeah, the character themselves. Of course, they're going to be like, wow, I had no power and now I have all this power and that feels good. And it's interesting to see how they explore that power once they have it. Like some go down a good path. If you're if you're a protagonist, you go down the good path with like some bumps along the way. But like that's how we get like a lot of uh, queer quoted villains. It's like, oh, so they had no power. Now they have power. And they decided to take over the world. Where did that come from? Out of left, like, <laughs> I mean. 
there's definitely a lot of revenge fantasies in these supernatural oh, yeah. movies too. Like I think about that from a from a vampire standpoint, from a witch standpoint of like once you have those powers, then you're gonna like take revenge on the people who wronged you when you were powerless. Cough, Fear Street, cough. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, not just Fear Street, but also Jennifer's body was like a really good, like the girl was attacked by a band of dudes and then she comes back and straight up just eats boys. It's like, yeah. you get behind that. That's a yeah. good for yes. her moment. Like I, she is not the villain of that story. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, like she was film. a little wrong to eat the boyfriend, but I mean, she just wanted Needy to pay attention to her. So I'm just like, <laughs> the movie was so gay. The gayest. Revenge fantasies, absolutely. I can very rarely see fault in them. It's like, oh, okay. I see what happened to you. I'm absolutely behind you getting getting back at them. Like, it takes a strong person to take that higher road. Not everybody has to be strong. It's like, I'm, I'm here for the pettiness. Like, the please. Petty. We've talked many times about Betty Gaze. On <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Endlessly. Maybe this is a good time. So while we're talking about this and while we're talking about, like, these characters and different movies and, and things like that, like, what are some of your favorite examples of, like, the supernatural kind of, like, queer rep that we've been talking about? Like, what are things that you have seen that you like? Like, what do you like about their stories or how they, like, did the the characters and how they handled that power? I've got one for almost every genre, so I'm going to start off with werewolves. <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> She's not exactly queer, but Ginger Snaps, where it's the story of this woman who gets her period for the first time after getting, and then she gets bit by a werewolf. And so she's like, is this normal? I'm growing a tail. <laughs> so she thinks her period is the reason she has a tail? It's an allegory. It's like a metaphor or allegory. I can't remember the correct English term of a girl becoming a woman. But she becomes a werewolf at the end of it. And the only time I ever slight her is when she tries to eat her sister. So, yeah, Ginger Snaps is amazing. Um, Jennifer's body is a great one. Not actually canonically queer but everybody knows well like it is yeah, yeah it, to, everybody knows fear street is amazing for it fear street love endlessly oh yeah, my god so. i i i watched it so many times <laughs> it's so bad like it's so good i was obs- it's so obsessed good. with it i'm still obsessed with it it's amazing in case anyone hasn't listened to our episode four that came out two weeks ago and is like, I just don't know if I want to watch horror movies. I'm not a horror person. Just, wa- just, just listen, listen. Trust us and just watch them and then listen to our episode and all will be right in the world. We promise. Fear Street isn't a horror movie. It's a love story. It's a love story. It's Same so as good. Haunting of Bly, uh, Bly, Bly Manor. Manor. That series did amazing. All, both of the hauntings did really good. What about witches? What are your what are we, what do we got for some favorite well, queer Fear witches? Street. Motherland Fort Salem. Rayla. Yes. Yeah. Right now is the only thing on my mind when it, you say queer witches, that's what pops up. Well, and that's such a good example too when we talk about like, you know, characters like seizing that power that is given to them. Like, oh, I mean Motherland just like that cashes in all their chips on that idea and it's incredible it's incredible it's amazing it, and not only not only like seizing the power it's just figuring out what you're fighting for Casilla, my mur- little murder nugget she's like <laughs> she's struggling for the first series first season to figure out like who she's really fighting for and by the second season she's like oh uh, my girlfriend i'm definitely fighting for my future wife right now 
Um, I'm still on my little murder nugget. <laughs> like a shirt or something. Uh, she's a spoiler alert, but she like you. She commit she commits mass murder in the very first episode, and by like the end of the episode, I'm like, oh, they're so cute. <laughs> yeah, listen, she murders a lot of people in that show, and it's fine. It's fine. It's like the same way that we feel about killing Eve. You know? Yes. We're just like, but at the same time, I'm here for it, so it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. We'll forgive a lot for our, for our queer characters, listen. Absolutely. Like, We're a forgiving bunch over here. I mean, most of the people deserve it anyway. But yeah, um, so Lesbian Witches is Motherland Fort Salem. Shoot, I didn't do vampires yet, did I? We talked about Carmilla a lot for vamps, but yeah, there's other queer vamps, too. Other queer vampires. Well, I'm going to say Kate Beckinsale in the Underworld series, even though she's not canonically queer, either. Like, in the first in the first movie, she was, like, there with that blonde. I cannot remember her name, but her and that blonde, that whole entire movie, she's like, Craven wants to see... It's like, she they, they played it like she was jealous of, like, Kate for... Craven, but like nah, the, those two, those two hooked up. They were they're together. Yes, yeah, so together. I really love Bit too. We've already we've talked about that in a previous episode. But Bit was Bit's amazing. One of my favorite queer vampire movies ever. Like Kate Beckinsale had like a hit me when I was in my formative years. So like that's the one that comes to my head first. But Bit was incredible. And I don't watch a lot of vampire movies, but I'm like oh. Like, you guys are just going to straight up say they're gay. Cool. I'm going to, I'm in. Let me check that out. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, good. no, I I was here for a bit. It was so good. It's so good. I also, I know we're talking about favorite Supernatural queer rep, but I just had a thought about what we were talking about before that I want to sort of also add. Do it. That we haven't really talked about is we talked about like the power aspects of these Supernatural characters, right? But there's a huge transformation element. Mm. that I feel like we have not talked about at all, which is, like, huge, right? Like, yeah. as, we're, as we're talking about, like, Bit, which is trans vampire. Like, there's, I feel like, a really important trans element to werewolves. Oh, yeah. And vampires, right? Like, of, like, completely changing, who, like, your body, right? To match, like, what is what is inside, right? Like, so I feel like that's also very appealing about these, like, shape-shifting characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what else that's making me think of, Ellie, is is not just that, but also whether you're we're looking at vampires or witches or werewolves, all of them have the opportunity to pass in various ways, but, like, but you're passing with a secret, you know? And so you're like, I'm just out in the world with a thing that nobody knows about me that I think is, like, also very relatable to queer people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like that whole aspect because, like, you see it a lot in witch stuff, but where they're, like, adorned with um little pentagrams or whatever, and it's like, are you creepy or are you actually, like just one of us like mm-hmm. kind of kind of like symbol out in the, it's like seeing just another queer in the wild it's like oh hey rainbow i see you hi friend <laughs> like you're like a little bit of fur on your back <laughs> shorts i see you yeah it's the knowing you're not alone or it's like you're in a secret club like if especially when you're like just out in the world and you're like oh i see you i see you though yeah it's yeah. And it's it's that not aloneness that I I find is just freaking amazing. Particularly with werewolves compared to other, I mean, 
I guess with witches, you have covens, right? But like with werewolves, it's like very much a pack. Yeah, they people people either go into the whole lone wolf dynamic, which like they they explore a lot just to be like, I'm an alpha male, rar kind of thing. But then my favorite werewolf shows or movies or whatever explore like the family dynamic of it. Like, of mm. just because wolves are very, very social creatures and like any opportunity you can explore, like, like they would ride or die for their pack is just amazing to me. Like Blood and Chocolate, the book, not the movie, is amazing with that. Well, the movie's OK with it. The movie's terrible for other reasons. <laughs> but yeah, no, the Blood and Chocolate did a really great job of like just exploring family like, and what it means to be part of a wolf pack and finding your place in a pack kind of dynamic that I absolutely adore. Is that something that you tried to touch on as well in Howl? Because I think I'd also be curious to hear, like, what are some of the things that you'd like to see more of uh, or, like, see, you know, again or see that hasn't been done in, like, that kind of representation as well? Well, my main character is a queer person of color. So, like, first and foremost, not a lot of those out there in uh, yeah, nope, <laughs> in nope. werewolf land. <laughs> and like most of my most of my cast is um, queer, or like their characters are very queer coded. Like our head of the supernatural hunting sorority is like we're trying to because the actor is asexual. Like we we are trying to like bring that more into the character. And like we have like one of our actors is non-binary. So we just tried to we made the character non-binary. No, but I think but that's a big thing, I think, to to, you know, again, I mean, most representation still to this day is white. So I think, you know, even just bringing that up of saying like, hey, getting more like QPOC rep and seeing QPOC in these types of characters, which is actually still not really very common and I wonder if that also ties into like part of what we're talking about where it's like you can queer code these characters and we will see ourselves in them by being like oh look taking that power back but I wonder if there's like still this kind of built-in hesitance in very white Hollywood to be like yeah let's take black characters and make them super powerful Someone write me a thesis on that. That's all I'm asking. That's all. They would include Lovecraft Country as part of that thesis, Vagrant Queen as part of that thesis. I got a lot of feelings about those, especially Vagrant Queen. You can write me that thesis, Cheyenne. That's okay. (laughs) You're allowed. Okay, cool. I'll get it to you in a couple of weeks. I'm kind of busy right now. but (laughs) You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R A. 
K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> With Vagrant Queen especially, I had been waiting for a show like that my entire life. Like, I watched it and nearly cried. It, it spoke mm. to me on such a level. It was a queer lead fighting for family in space. Her sidekick yeah. was the white guy. And, like, they were just disaster lesbians. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait for season two. And then they're like, in the week of Juneteenth, I'm like, uh, okay. I hate crimes, so truly. I was just like, oh, yeah, no, no more Vagrant Queen. You guys got one season. It's good. I was like, listen, I, I, the eternal mood of queer communities these days is like, can't wait for the next season. And then just crying. It's like, why am I fighting? I spent most of quarantine yeah. fighting for one show or another. And like, y'all, I'm tired. Like, yep. just and what? Like Emily in Paris? No. Yep. No, like shade to that show at all. <laughs> but also no, well, shade, shade to that show. Also yeah. shade to that show. Uh, yeah, okay, so shade to that show. But also they got their second season. The Witchers got three seasons confirmed yeah. and their second season isn't even out yet. Sex Education, love that show. It's got a season four. I'm like, why yep. am I fighting for why? lesbian representation, y'all? <laughs> Is tired. We are all very tired. You are correct. I want to go back to one thing that you said about representation, having your character be key POC, and also like werewolves in general being tied to indigenous peoples. Like, have you done a lot of research about that? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Okay. So my lead werewolf is a wolf princess. She's indigenous. We casted an indigenous actor for it. I'm also Cherokee and Blackfoot. So I did a bunch of research. Of just uh, like the skinwalkers and I dove deep into mythology, y'all. And like there's, I went from Hollywood to Europe and then back home to like indigenous cultures. And I don't call them skinwalkers because that's specific to a tribe. So I, I call them just shapeshifters because that's more universal. But I took from all of these different tribes, their stories. I talked to my grandma about it, who's like a huge... <laughs> Like Cherokee storytellers. I was like, yeah, okay. And Cherokees don't have that many wolf legends, but like if you go down south, and when I say down south, I mean like South America, they have like a few, like um, Root Guru is like a Loop Guru, which is like you're born a werewolf, but in Creole. So it's like you got Creole, like a Creole flavoring on it. There's the Wendigo. I already mentioned Skinwalkers, which is more of like a shamanistic approach to it. And I'm like, 
all of these. I was like, I can't pick one, so I'm going to take all of them, <laughs> and I'm going to put it in my world. When I was coming up with the rules for this world, I was like, you know what? I can amalgamate. Hollywood's got their stories, like, where you can get bit, and it's a virus, and it changes you, or you sacrifice your soul, and you become a huge monster, or uh, you're born a werewolf, or, like the shamanistic approach. I was like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to have four different types of werewolves in this world. Why not? (laughs) I don't care. I love it. Yeah, I was just curious about that because it's like obviously very ingrained in in that and it's very important to talk about. My werewolf princess, especially, she's a cocky little shit. I fucking love her. I love writing her. (laughs) She is unapologetic about like who she is. And it's just like, I don't have time to deal with you right now. I mean, you're cute. But also, like, I'm busy just trying to, why am I here at this school where there are werewolf hunters right next door? Um, And it's just fun to play with that dynamic where, like, my main character is this mousy little person who's just overeager about everything. She just desperately wants to make friends. And then her one friend goes missing and she's like, fuck, I either have to go out and find new ones or just find the one that I have. And she chooses... (laughs) So, like, she she just goes out there and she's like, all right, cool. I guess I'll have to interact with all of these people with my very popular friend who, like, know my very popular friend because I, like, this is the only way I can find them. Like, so she does and it's a mess. It, it really is a mess. Um, especially for them. It's like, ah, it's fun. It was a fun time to write all of that. And then casting it, the person we've got to play, Kenny, who's our main character, I met them in orientation when I went to film school, which is like my first week in Canada. And she only sat next to me because I had a dog. Shout out to Rose for being the best wing pup ever. Nice. But yeah, so she sat next to me and was like, yeah, whenever you're doing this, let me know. Because I pitched Hal to her. I pitched it to everyone I met, I'm I'm realizing. (laughs) I really appreciate hey, the, yeah. the gumption. You the like, yeah, you, Come on. you gotta pitch to everyone you ever meet. <laughs> I understand that life. <laughs> she was interested and intrigued, and so like I wanted to bring her on. And then when she read for Kenny, it was just pit. It was perfect, and she has been Kenny ever since. And I was like, all right, you're you're the right amount of awkward dork. I absolutely love you. <laughs> Incredible. Well, look, I know by the time people are listening to this, we will already have gotten to check out how yeah. I'm going to say as of us like recording this, I can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait to hear it. Super excited. Me too. Is there anything else we want to say about supernatural queer stuff? I feel like we, we covered a lot of bullet points. We love them a lot. <laughs> if you love supernatural queer stuff, doesn't matter the content, please just like share, get the word out because as queer people, we are used to fighting. Try and nip that in the bud on the first go. Like, just get all of it out there so the creators don't have to be like, oh, so second season, maybe? Or, like, you can just sh- yeah. show yeah, studios yeah. that are like, yeah, there, there's an audience for this content. Please don't cut us off at the knees. Agreed. Yes, we're clapping very quietly for the sake of our microphones, but yes. <laughs> Agreed heavily. <laughs> all right, here we go. It is time for our Q&A. Let's do this. Our first question, would you rather be a queer A, vampire, B, witch, C, werewolf, or D, fairy? 
We didn't talk about fairies, but I just had a fairy in there because I want it. I mean, we can go all day on Lost Girl, but um, yeah, no, it's C. It's most definitely C. I would be a werewolf all day long. Amazing. And possibly already are. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. What's your favorite queer supernatural rep out of A, Winona Earp, B, Buffy, C, Carmilla, or D, Bit? Mm, see, that one's harder. I'm going to go with Buffy because I love Tara. Like, first love was wrong. Tara. Still I'm mad terrible. about Tara. Mm-hmm. We will be mad right there for with eternity. You. All right, question number three. If you could turn into anything at night, what would it be? A, a wolf. B, a bird. C, a cat. Or D, a snake. A wolf. <laughs> He figured. I'm, I'm very still. consistent. I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah, there's a theme. I have a whole Weird. sleeve of werewolf, uh, like t- a tattoo. <laughs> it's just, this is my werewolf tattoo. Nice. And it goes all the way down. There's, I think, a wolf behind you too, right? In uh, the tapestry? That tapestry is the crest for my school. <laughs> nice. Amazing. Okay, question four. Why do you think supernatural characters are so queer coded? Is it A, predatory lesbian trope? B, masculine energy, C, outcasts with power, or D, transitions? Hmm. It's either C or D for me, but I'm going to have to go with C. Yeah, outcast with power. We, we love we love it. We love an outcast with some power. Yes, we do. Speaking on the All transitions, right. sorry, I just wanted to add this real quick. Like, found family is also a big thing that yes. that makes, that I, that I put in Hal, um, but is also what draws me to the supernatural, like... Uh, I just got chills. Chosen family is my shit. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right. Question number five. Our final question. Who is your favorite media werewolf? A, Jacob from Twilight. B, Oz from Buffy. C, Ruby from Once Upon a Time. D, Remus from Harry Potter. I'm going to have to go with the only woman on that list. <laughs> it's Ruby. Yeah, Ruby. Yeah. But I do want to say that they done did Oz dirty when they turned him into a werewolf. Like, first one, awesome. Anytime after that, complete trash. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, give me, give me Ruby all day also, long. Also, Ruby is queer. Yes, she is. Yeah. Like, actually, canonically. Yes. So Absolutely we'll love that. We'll take it. We'll take what we can get. She's so hot. <laughs> remember <laughs> while i'm having a hot flash over here thinking about ruby remember that you can give us your own answers to this episode's q and gay questions on our twitter at let's hang out pod cheyenne thank you so much for hanging out with us today thank you so much for having me this has been a blast we are so excited for howl where can everyone find you and howl on social media so um i made my social media Wolfgirl2525 on Instagram and Twitter, or Rose the Dog on Twitter if you want to look it up by name, because my dog took over my Twitter after Clexicon. Classic. Um, and then Hal is um, Hear Us Hal, 1895 on Instagram, and then Hear Us underscore Hal on Twitter. So Nice. Yeah. I would say any projects coming up, but we know the project is <laughs> Howl. Check out Howl, everyone. Have you heard of Howl? Uh, yeah, so I'm working on this tiny project with me and my friends. It's called Howl the Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when this episode comes out, though, everyone can listen to it anywhere they find your podcast. And how long will it have been out by today? 
Uh, October 20th is our the premiere date for our first episode. Great. Cool. So, so there'll there be a be few like episodes a couple out. Episodes. Yeah. yeah. Cheyenne will also be doing an Instagram story takeover. So you can ask them all of your questions about werewolves and howl and creating queer content. Cheyenne, seriously, thank you so much. It's so good to see this you. Has been great. And we wish you the best of luck with Howl. Everyone, make sure you listen. Thank you so much. Um, I, again, I had a huge blast, and it's kind of like mini dream come true to be on this podcast. So you guys are awesome. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Let me hear you say hip, 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 well, yeah. We love hearing from you and building community. So we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. We just want to thank everyone who came to our spooky queer trivia last week. We had a great time with all of you. Saw so many familiar faces. And some of those familiar faces won trivia for the first time ever. They've been coming this whole pandemic. And they won. So congratulations to you, Bethany and Chriselle. Always love seeing your faces. And I'm really happy that you finally won one. I'm proud of you. We're happy for all of you. We are also happy for everyone who came to share their Halloween with us for our Patreon watch party of Fear Street 1666, which if you follow our Twitter and our Q and Gaze, you will know was resoundingly voted as the, the best favorite. of the Fear Street movies. And everyone is correct. And we're just obsessed with, you know, two little queers, Dina and Sarah Fear. That's all. We love them. We love them. As always, we want to thank our lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster. Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Jacqueline Rose Nishino, Saren Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunluck Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, Lizette Stye, Stacy, Adi Benitez, and Fiona W. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, and Julia Gonzalez. Thank you all so much. We really could not make this show without you. Your support means the world to us, and we love all of our patrons. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Let's Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use for podcasts, make sure you subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. And if you haven't, make sure that you listen to The Flame. All of the episodes are available on any podcasting app and our soundtrack's up on Spotify. We also have some videos up on our YouTube channel. We'll be posting clips every week, some video clips from our episodes. So make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash lesshangoutpod to catch them. If you want to support the podcast, the easiest and freest thing you can do is to leave us a rating and a review on the Apple Podcasts app. It's just, A, it's fun for us to read the reviews, and B, it helps new people find the podcast. If you want to support us financially and join our Patreon family, hang out with us in our Discord chat, you can do that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. You can hang out with us at our watch parties like the Fear Street one that we just had. And we would love to see more of your faces there. And if you want to help us keep making more musicals, we have a Patreon for The Flame. You can find it at bit.ly slash The Flame Patreon. We are well on our way to the next show already. So if you want to hear all of the secrets and teasers and behind the scenes of what's going on there, that's where you'll find it. If you want to get some Les Hangout merch, it's the perfect time to get a mug at bit.ly slash shop. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out.